Hey folks, welcome back to another edition of Fire and Ice Sports. Here, we are off-site in a brand new location as my co-host has just moved into college. As always, my name is Evan Smoke. I am the resident fire here at the podcast. Uh, across from me today is the local ice and Bryson Wheeler. We are sitting in Bryson's new room as he has moved over to Statesboro as he will be attending Georgia Southern in the fall. Once again, I am a sophomore rising at the University of Georgia. All that considered, Bryson, how are we doing tonight? How's your first few days of college been? Doing great. Love the college life. Feels good just kind of be on your own for a little bit. No, it, it definitely was. Last year was a, you know, a great change of pace for me as I moved out, you know. But I'm glad you guys, you know, are going to be able to experience that this year. We'll have a way better time than I did with the COVID-stricken, you know, laws and all that, rules and regulations. We've got a great podcast today. we got a lot of talk about with free agency and the NBA draft. We've got the MLB trade deadline. And we are now cracking the top ten of everything college football. We're almost to it, folks. Uh, what are we, three Saturdays away now, I believe? From the Yeah, I think from the beginning, you know, the small games. But yeah. four, I think it's four from the – you know, the big matchups. Yeah, but that's that's always a great time to hear. It's a great thing. Um, we're going to jump right into our trivia question. I believe we are 3-3. Three and three Yes, it's all tied up at um, 3. Noah Hall, who is a roommate of Bryson's, he, is, he was on the podcast last week. He's going to deliver the trivia question for us this evening. How's it going? How's it going? Okay. College football trivia question. In 2018, who was the preseason All-SEC QB first team? And I'll give you a bonus point. You can get second team, too. We all start the podcast. Now. <laughs> uh, I, 20, no. So, 28. Sorry. All right, so let's look. 2020, that would have been. No, I'm just going to go off it before he says anything. Jalen Hurts. No. Dang it. I believe it was 2018. So, okay, so 2020, we were looking at. Um, that was this Joe past Burrow. year. Or, no, 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 that's no. 19. 19 would have been Joe pre-season. Burrow. But I don't think Joe Burrow was preseason. No, no, no. So 2018 would not have been Jalen Hurts. It probably would have been... Well, 17 Natty was Georgia-Bama, correct? 17 Natty. So it would be the year after that. And that's yeah. kind of why I was thinking Hurts. I know he got replaced, but... No, I think, I think first team... It would have been Tua after that. No, I, I think first team... It, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Um, it's kind of a stupid one, but I'll I'll say Jake Fromm. That is incorrect. Kellerman? No. I don't know this. I really don't. What are you about? Well, yeah. Well, we let me get. Let me think real well, quick. Let we me get, get second answers. More. Well, you used to just say Kellerman and Fromm, so I, mean, uh, well, I think I'll I should get two. Get one more answer then. All right. It's nobody from Florida. That was Felipe Franks. Uh, who would have been picked? It's nobody Georgia. I can't. I can't think. This is good. Tennessee. They apparently know it though. So I mean, I think oh, both of them knew it. Oh, I'm just shit. not thinking. I'd, I'm kicking myself, and you're going to be kicking yourself here in a minute. I, uh, I need to at least throw out a guess. LSU, Bama, I'll give you 20 seconds for a guess. Florida, Georgia. Seven. He's going to get it if you give him 20 seconds. I'm going to be honest. Tennessee, seven seconds. Six. Uh, I give up. Drew Locke, Missouri. Okay, I wouldn't have got that. Who was second team? 
Jared Stidham. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. Uh, That's awful. For almost 13. I wouldn't have got locked. All right, well, let's ju- let, while we're on it, let's just go ahead and jump into college football. Yeah, we definitely can. Um, we're going 10, 9, 8, 7, and 6 this week, and Notre Dame is our number 10 team of the year. Jack Cohen last played for Wisconsin in 2019, and he had 23 touchdowns, 8 interceptions for them. He transferred into Notre Dame, so we're going to see how he can fare there. Um, they have one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the nation, in Kyron Williams. Probably top three, top five. Uh, but they do arguably have the best safety in the nation leading the defense in Kyle Hamilton, oh, who, he will is. Be, who will be a first-round pick next year. Are we talking about that team that doesn't play in a conference? Yeah. Are we talking about the team that inevitably will get blown out in the playoffs if they make it? Oh, yeah. Are but we talking they're about, ranked 10. Are we talking about the team that always overperforms in the regular season and then does nothing in the postseason? Absolutely. Are we talking about the team with the overrated coach and the underrated quarterbacks usually? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we're done with them. Notre Dame doesn't deserve any more attention on this podcast. All right. Well, the next team is Texas A&M. And, you know, they're a team that can – I think a and going to be really, really good, like a top five team in the nation, or just going to fall off and be nowhere. And it all falls on Haynes King at quarterback. If he can be a Kellen type player or even better, they're going to be really good. If he doesn't produce, they're not going to be real good. They have Isaiah Spiller back at running back, a really solid running back. They have the best tight end in the nation probably in Jalen Weidermeyer. And they have DeMarvin Leal uh, at defensive end leading the defense, who will be a first-rounder next year. Yeah, A&M is set up. This is the best class that Jimbo Fisher's had. It's going to be the best team talent-wise. He's going to be able to put on the field. And when Jimbo Fisher came to A&M, he said his goal was to not play with Alabama, but to beat Alabama, to be the team in the West, to, be, to return A&M to that prominent status that they kind of had in the Big 12. Um, this is the team to do it. Now, it might also come against – Alabama team that just increasingly gets better every year, it seems like. But A&M is going to be poised. They were the fifth best team in the nation last year at the end, and they're probably are talented enough to be a top eight, if not top five team. It's going to be a really hard schedule. They're going to have to go through some bumps and bruises and growing pains. Team looks really good on paper. I just don't know if that schedule is going to give them any leeway to grow. I agree. And here's a, at uh, number eight, I think, is a team that could really make a push for the playoffs coming out of the Pac-12 in Oregon. They have Anthony Brown at quarterback, so we know we're going to have to see what he's got there. They had Since Herbert, you know, last year they kind of had some questions at quarterback. They kind of have some questions coming into this year. So we'll just see what Anthony Brown can do. Uh, C.J. Verdell, a really solid running back, returns for them. Uh, Micah Pittman at wide receiver will lead that core, and they have arguably the best defensive player in Kayvon Thibodeau. So that defense is going to be really strong with the, uh, Justin Flo. And who was the other five-star they had coming on in? On the defense? Yes, Flo and – I won't think of the name off the bat. Yeah, they're, they, they're really talented on both sides of the ball. So look for them to make a push. If they can beat Ohio State, what is it, week three? Uh, week two. Week two. They're going to make a push for the playoffs if they win that game. Uh, the next team is a team that we did not know much of about till the bowl season last year. And this defense really surprised me. Now, the offense with uh, Desmond Ritter and Cincinnati. Ritter did not – I thought Ritter was going to be a lot better than he was, honestly. But the defense that was a lot better than I thought they would be. And so, what what's your thoughts on them? Cincinnati's a really good team. Cincinnati's literally a conference name away 
from being a top four team every year now. Cincinnati's talented enough to play with those guys. They proved it with Georgia last year, and I understand it was a down year for Georgia. But Georgia still was a top eight, top ten team in the country. Cincinnati played right with them. It took a miracle by Jack Podlesny to win that game. Um, since If Cincinnati was in the Big Ten and got to play Ohio State, maybe they'd lose. But if they could put more games like that on their schedule. Get better recruits for that. Yeah, they're, they're going to be in the top four conversation. And that's what I'm really excited about, especially with the expanded playoffs. Or, you know, with the Big 12 collapsing, they definitely could, you know, move up into the upper – excuse me, the upper echelon of college football. Cincinnati's a really good team. They're going to come back, and they're probably going to be another great team this year. I expect a lot of the same from what I saw last year. I think it's going to be a really good turnaround uh, for the Bearcats, and they're going to have another stellar season. Jerome Ford returns at running back, and Kobe Bryant and Brian Cook are going to lead that uh, defense. And now this is the next team that could make another playoff push in Iowa State. If they could compete with Oklahoma and win the Big 12, then they're going to win that. They'll be in the playoffs, in my opinion. Uh, they have arguably the best backfield, them or Oklahoma, in Brock Purdy and Brees Hall. And Charlie Kohler at tight end, one of the best tight ends in the nation. Asheem Young leads the defense. And I just think that Iowa State, with that backfield, I think Purdy and Brees Hall can carry anyone to a, to a playoff push. Yeah, I told you. I've talked to a lot of people, you know, especially off air, that like Iowa State is a lot closer to Oklahoma than people make it out to be. They definitely could be a Big Twelve team. They definitely can do exactly what you know Oklahoma's done in the past. I think Iowa State is that close. They're a great contender. They're a great push. That game, wherever it is, whether it be in Norman or Ames, is going to be a huge... I think it's at Oklahoma this year. Yeah, that's going to be a huge playoff matchup. That might be one of the biggest games. You Winner know, of that game, most likely, like 90% likely, is going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I think Iowa State's really talented. I think they're better than people give about to be. I expect that to be a great game, uh, and that's why I had it ranked so high. All right, so that wraps up college football. What sports should we do next? Flip a coin. You want baseball or basketball? Let's go into basketball, since it's kind of hot off the press. Um, the NBA free agency period just started, so uh, give us a wrap-up on that. Okay, where do you want to start? You want to start with rebuilding complete teams? You want to start with making new super teams? Let's just talk about the biggest the biggest deals made so lately. All right, the biggest deal, in my opinion, is DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls. And the reason I say this is, is, is because DeMar has created a... DeMar has changed Chicago now. Like, the signing of Lonzo Bull and the trading of Yusevich were all great, great signings. And moves, you know, made by the Chicago front office to bolster them back to their 90s and 2000s stardom. But this DeRozan move makes them solid. They're now going to have a big three with Levine, Yusevich, and DeRozan. They're going to have Lonzo Ball running the point guard, who I think is an underrated point guard. I know you think he's overrated. <laughs> um, but we'll see exactly how he does in Chicago. I, he was definitely hindered in Los Angeles and now in New Orleans. He got to grow a little bit. But now that he's got real playmakers around him, he's got to step up. If he's a good point guard like I think he is, he's got to play well in Chicago. If he doesn't, you're going to be right, and we'll just see how those chips fall. The Lakers – after the Westbrook trade, only had four guaranteed contracts. And I guess uh, Rob Palenka and the rest of the Lakers front office didn't want that because they signed about 25 people yesterday, yeah. it sounded like. Um, let's just run down the list. Carmelo Anthony re- goes to be a teammate with LeBron. They got Kendrick Nunn from the Heat. the Heat. They got Westbrook for Kuzma, Harrell, 
and KCP, I believe, something like that. They get Kent Bazemore to come back. They get Trevor Ariza to come back. They sign Malik Mond. They get Wayne Ellington to come back. They get Dwight Howard to come back. Talon Horton Tucker. They Talon Talon Horton Tucker is back. Mac McClung signed on a rookie deal, and they don't have any rookies, so I think there's a good chance he can make the team. This team is going to be old. It's going to be really veteran leadership, and it's going to be an interesting experiment. But the Lakers decided we're going to bet on what we know. We're going to bet on people we've seen in the league. We're going to bet on old guys returning to a little bit of their prime, and hopefully it is enough to bring them a championship. I don't know. I don't. I like a lot of the moves. I don't like all of the moves. I think the Lakers are going to have some growing up to do, not in age-wise, but you know, playing together and trying to play old-school basketball in this new age. I think it's going to be a really cool experiment to see Frank Vogel and his staff uh, control over in the Staples Center. I think also on the same, I think the one of the two most underrated moves to me is Patty Mills to the Nets. Patty Mills was a great player for the Spurs for years. Just dropped 38 on Team USA, wasn't it? Yeah, no, that was Ricky Rubio. But Patty, uh, same difference. Yeah, Patty Mills the other day did uh, drop a lot yeah. to um, the first time around. But he's always been team. He's always been Team Australia. He's always been like a great you know guy for his country. But he's been a superb player for the Spurs. He's going to do a lot to bolster that bench up in Brooklyn. They get Blake Griffin to come back. They get Bruce Bowen to go back. They're going to be set up to make another run like they should have this year, you know, that were hindered by injuries. I think on the same time, Devontae Graham in a sign-and-trade to the Pelicans. You know, Lonzo leaves. They go out and get they get Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham's kind of role was diminished, in, uh, excuse me, in Charlotte last year with LaMelo Ball and the signing of James Boot. I mean, not the drafting of James Boot night the other night in the lottery. Um, I think that's going to be a really good get for New Orleans. Him and Zion should be able to connect a little bit, create a g- quite a rapport that you know can go off on what Lonzo and them said. At the same time, I think the next biggest move is definitely Kyle Lowry in a sign and trade to the Heat. They create a huge big three down there with Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler. They re-sign. They give extension to Jimmy Butler. They re-sign Duncan Robinson, the biggest contract for any undrafted player ever. That team is reloading. They had a down year. They didn't go out and change it. They didn't go out and rewrite it. They got the guy that they wanted for years to come to Miami, and they took everybody back. And you see, we were talking about that on the golf course yesterday, and I think they're really going to be back next year. I think they're going to be a solid team. Noah and Jackson both disagreed. They think they're going to be overrated next year, so we're going to see. I don't know if they'll be overrated. Listen, I think you've got to assume that they're not going to be in the play-in. They're definitely going to be a top-six team in the East. They were this year. They're probably going to compete for a low-end home-court advantage spot, and I think that's a definitely a fair assessment. But they're definitely not going to challenge, I don't think, the Bucks or the Nets. You know? I can agree with that. I'm, they're you know, going to be they... in the 3-6 to six range with the Hawks yeah. and, the, and the Sixers, and the, not the Pacers, but the Knicks. I think you they'll know, be at 3-4. You five, know, the so, Celtics yeah. are going to come back. They're going to be competitive, I bet. And, you know, let's talk about that. The Knicks reloaded everybody. They re-signed they signed Evan Fournier. I think that's going to be a – you know, the Knicks, if they can continue the success, they're only going to get better, you know. So that's going to be something to go out. Steph gets another $200 million contract. He's going to get paid something insane, like $54 million a year to play basketball. Yeah, I think it came out to something like 53000 per minute. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just insane. Chris that's Paul insane. goes back to Phoenix. You know, kind of more the same. Shay Alex, uh, Shay Gilgood, that, that Alexander. guy, and Trey Young both signed max extin- max extensions. Both of those guys well deserved, needed their money. Glad the teams gave it to them. Um, John Collins is still out on the market. Laurie Markin is still on the market. Um, Kawhi Leonard technically is still out on the market. I don't think there's any 
question there of him going back to the Clippers, but he is still technically a free agent. Some underrated signings. We got Otto Porter Jr. to the Warriors. Paul Millsap comes to Atlanta in a weird in a weird deal. Um, I've seen who else got signed to a low low income. Um, the Mavericks traded Josh Richardson to the Celtics. Uh, Andre Drummond has went to the Sixers, so him and Joel Embiid are going to be in the same front court. Uh, that's going to be a weird experiment. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley is going to be in the same front court, so there's going to be some big, big front courts. Yeah, I like what the Cavs were doing with Mobley and Jared Allen, and then you have Sexton and um, Garland, get Darius Garland. I like that. Yeah, two two centers, really two point guards, and then they just got to throw a small forward in there somewhere. Yep. So um, that kind of covers the NBA, kind of the NBA draft. No really big. Draft days, uh, draft day trades other than the Westbrook trade, kind of the top three went Cunningham, Green, Mobley, kind of kind of foreseen. Nobody – the Warriors had a great draft. We can talk about that real quick. Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga both to the Warriors. I think both were good steals, both were upside picks. The Hawks had a really good draft in my opinion because they get two high potential guys at low picks. I mean, they got Sharif Cooper at pick 48 when he was projected to go 18. They got Jalen Johnson at pick 20 when he was projected to go top, th- top lottery. Yeah. So both were steals. Both might not pan out. We'll just kind of see. Yeah. But uh, a lot of upside in Atlanta right now. I agree. Now. All right. Well, let's flip over to baseball. And, you know, that was probably the wildest uh, trade deadline in the history of baseball. It was like every 20 minutes it was like a new big man Our entire was being group traded. chat was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> yeah. So just to just – to, um, just to uh, recap, if you guys know a Chicago Cubs fan, please pick up your phone and check on them. They may no longer be alive. They sold everybody for some good prices, but not the best they could have gotten, in all honesty. Chris Bryant goes out to San Francisco. Anthony I Rizzo. think that was a really good move for the Giants. The no, Giants yes. are kind of just, you know, a lot of no-namers, and they've just been playing really good baseball. We add in a superstar yeah. now, and yeah. it's definitely we'll see what they can do. As long as he doesn't mess up chemistry, it's, the team's only going to go up from here. Anthony Rizzo goes to the Yankees. Javier Baez goes to the Mets. All three of those guys homered in their first game after being traded. I think Baez to the Mets was a bad trade. No, it, it you, is. It is. You at they're it's overpaying. Baez and Lindor. You're going to be paying them almost five hundred million. To be and mediocre. Lindor's been playing terrible. Baez is going to be near the t- league lead in strikeouts, not hit for a good average. Yeah. So I, I don't like the move. Yeah, former Cub and current Nationals home run slugger got traded to Boston. It's probably a pretty good move. Boston needed a little bit of an edge, you know, when they go into the playoff. That's going to be a good, you know, outfield bench designated hitter bat, you know, as they move forward. I don't even want to say this next one. I still don't believe it happened. I don't want to believe it happened. But somehow the Nationals thought, hey, guys, we're going to take two of our top six guys and win share in our entire organization history, and we're just going to send them to the defending champs. I think that's a good, good move. So Scherzer and Trey Turner both end up on the richest team in baseball on the Dodgers. So we got two top four 15 pitchers now on the Dodgers roster. You've got about, I don't know, 25 all-stars on that team. I mean, it's really more like seven, but still. It feels like it. It feels like it. What was it the other day we were talking about? No, they have four MVPs, was it? They have Pujols, they have Belly, they have Betts, and they have Kershaw. Kershaw. They have four MVPs. How many Cy Youngs? How many? Yeah, you know, exactly. Twenty home run seasons. I mean, this if team- Bauer can, some, I get the team said they don't really want him back, but you know, let's say everything comes clear of him, and he comes back. That pitching staff is probably the best we've ever seen in baseball. Yeah, it, it definitely rivals the Braves' '90s rotation. Absolutely. 
But um, a couple other moves. Joey Gallo goes to the Yankees. Yankees were big buyers. Um, Sterling Marte really moves to the Athletics. Really sneaky move. I really like it a lot. Um, on the home front, the Braves got three outfielders, Duval, Soler, and Ros- Eddie Rosario. Um, and they trade for closer Richard Rodriguez. Talk a little bit about that, how you feel about those. Moves. I love what the Braves did. And somebody texted me as soon as the trade deadline was over and was like, what do you give the great the, the Braves a great? And I said A-. minus. And I probably would have gave it an A plus if they got one, one more relief guy. Yeah, that's exactly I what I felt. I felt I felt we went too many outfielders and one less. We went one more outfielder than we needed and one less closer. Yes. Now I get Jorge Soler just homer for the Braves, but look, he's not going to do much. I think when Eddie Rosario gets back, he's just going to be your bench piece to kind of replace Pablo Sandoval. But I love the Rosario trade, and I mean Jock Peterson's just becoming a Brave. So I mean that trade, you know, hot off the press. So like. I love what the Braves did. Rich Rodriguez is going to be really solid. I would love to see him become the closer instead of Will Smith. So, I love what the Braves did. I wish they had gotten a couple more relievers, but we're going to make a push for the Mets in the division. Yeah, this is – I mean, we went full by. So, you know, you've got to expect at least increase in results, you know, in the second half of the season. We'll see how well that turns out. Um, That's really all I have on the NBA and MLB deadline and trades. All right, Noah, what was your uh, favorite trade or, like, the best move you think of the uh, the I free mean, agents? The best move career? was Sersman and Turner to the Dodgers. Yeah, I agree. That's without a doubt. What was uh, the most underrated, maybe? Kind underrated? Of, you know, like... I like the Cubs getting Madrigal back for um, Kimbrell. Yes, I did think that was good. I, I love that for the Cubs. Have him, what, second base for the next five, six years for cheap. I like that move. I think that's the uh, most underrated move. All right, and um, any more remarks on baseball? or? No, that's all I really got. Um, the Braves just uh, scored five already in the first inning. So uh, the offense came to play today. Um, any closing remarks? Mm-mm. Go Braves. Go Braves.